A teacher in New York decided to honor each of her seniors in high school by telling them the difference they each made. Using a process developed by Halise Bridges of Del Mar, California, she called each student to the front of the class one at a time. First, she told them how the student made a difference to her in the class. Then she presented each of them with a blue ribbon imprinted with gold letters which said, Who I am makes a difference. Afterwards, the teacher decided to do a class project to see what kind of impact recognition would have in a community. She gave each of the students three more ribbons and instructed them to go out and spread this acknowledgement ceremony. Then they were to follow up on the results, see who honored whom, and report back to the class in about a week. One of the boys in the class went to the junior executive in a nearby company, honored him for helping him with his career planning. He gave him a blue ribbon, put it on his shirt. Then he gave him two extra ribbons and said, we're doing a class project on recognition. We'd like you to go out, find somebody to honor, give them a blue ribbon. Then give them an extra blue ribbon so they can acknowledge a third person to keep this acknowledgement ceremony going. Then please report back to me. Tell me what happened. Later that day, the junior executive went in to see his boss, who had been noted, by the way, as being a kind of a grouchy fellow. He sat his boss down, and he told him that he deeply admired him for being a creative genius. The boss seemed very surprised. The junior executive asked him if he would accept a gift of a blue ribbon, and would he give him permission to put it on him. His surprised boss says, well, sure. The junior executive took the blue ribbon and placed it right on the boss's jacket above his heart. As he gave him the extra last ribbon, he said, Would you do me a favor? Would you take this extra ribbon and pass it on by honoring someone else? A young boy who first gave me the ribbons is doing a project in school, and we want to keep this recognition ceremony going and find out how it affects people. That night, the boss came home to his 14-year-old son and sat him down. He said, the most incredible thing happened to me today. I was in my office. One of the junior executives came in and told me he admired me and gave me a blue ribbon for being a creative genius. Imagine! He thinks I'm a creative genius. Then he put his blue ribbon on and says, who I am makes a difference. On my jacket, just right here above my heart. He gave me an extra ribbon and asked me to find someone else to honor. As I was driving home tonight, I started thinking about whom I'd like to honor with the ribbon, and I thought about you, son. I want to honor you. My days are really hectic, and when I come home, I don't pay a lot of attention to you. Sometimes I scream at you for not getting good enough grades in school and for your room being a mess, but somehow tonight, I want you to sit here and just let you know that you make a difference to me, besides your mother. You're the most important person in my life. You're a great kid, and I love you. The startled boy started to sob and sob and sob. He couldn't stop crying. His whole body shook. He looked up at Dad, stopped crying, and through his tears said, I was planning on committing suicide tomorrow, Dad, because I didn't think you loved me. Now I don't need to. On Courage by Dan Millman. So you think I'm courageous? Yes, I do. Well, perhaps I am. But that's because I've had some inspiring teachers. I'll tell you about one of them. Many years ago, when I worked as a volunteer at Stanford Hospital, 
I got to know a little girl named Liza who was suffering from a rare and serious disease. Her only chance of recovery appeared to be a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother who had miraculously survived the same disease and developed the antibodies needed to combat the illness. The doctor explained the situation to her little brother and asked the boy if he would be willing to give his blood to his sister. I saw him hesitate for only a moment before taking a deep breath and saying, Yes, I'll do it if it will save Liza. As the transfusion progressed, he lay in a bed next to his sister and smiled, as we all did, seeing the color returning to her cheeks. Then his face grew pale, and his smile faded. He looked up at the doctor and asked with a trembling voice, Will I start to die right away? Being young, the boy had misunderstood the doctor. He thought he was going to have to give all of his blood. Yes, I've learned courage because I've had inspiring teachers. Bopsy by Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. The 26-year-old mother stared down at her son who was dying of terminal leukemia. Although her heart was filled with sadness, she had a strong feeling of determination. Like any parent, she wanted her son to grow up and fulfill all his dreams. Now that was no longer possible. Leukemia would see to that, but she still wanted her son's dreams to come true. She took her son's hands and asked, Bopsy, did you ever think about what you wanted to do when you grew up? Did you ever dream or wish what you could do with your whole life? Mommy, I always wanted to be a fireman when I grow up. Mom smiled back and said, let's see if we can make your wish come true. Later that day, she went to her local fire department in Phoenix, Arizona, where she met Fireman Bob, who had a heart as big as Phoenix. She explained her son's final wish and asked if he'd make it possible to give a six-year-old a ride around the block on a fire engine. Fireman Bob said, look, I can do better than that. If you'll have your son ready at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning on Wednesday, we'll make him an honorary fireman for the whole day. He can come down to the fire station, eat with us, go out on all the fire coals, the whole nine yards. And if you give us his sizes, we'll get a real fire uniform made up for him with a real fire hat, not a toy one, an emblem of the Phoenix Fire Department on it, a yellow slicker like the ones we wear, and rubber boots. They're all manufactured right here in Phoenix so we can get them fast. Three days later, Fireman Bob picked up Bopsy, dressed him in his fire uniform, and escorted him from his hospital bed to a waiting hook-and-ladder truck. Bopsy got to sit on the back of the truck and help steer it from the fire station. He was in heaven. There were three fire calls in Phoenix that day, and Bopsy got to go out on all three fire calls. He rode in different fire engines, the paramedics' van, and even the fire chief's car. He was also videotaped for a local news program. Having his dream come true with all the love and attention that was lavished upon him so deeply touched Bopsy that he lived three months longer than any doctor thought possible. One night, all of his vital signs began to drop dramatically. The head nurse who believed in hospice, a concept that says no one should die alone, began to call family members of the hospital. Then she remembered the day that Bopsy spent a day as a fireman. So she called the fire chief and asked if it would be possible to send a fireman in uniform to the hospital to be with Bopsy as he made his transition. Fire chief replied, we can do better than that. We'll be there in five minutes. Will you please do me a favor? 
When you hear the sirens screaming and see the lights flashing, will you announce over the PA system that there's not a fire? It's just the fire department coming one last time to see one of its finest members. And will you open the window of his room? Thank you. Five minutes later, the hook and ladder truck arrived at the hospital, extended its ladder up to Bopsy's third floor window, and 14 firemen and two firewomen climbed up the ladder into Bopsy's room. With his mother's permission, they hugged him, held him, and told him how much they loved him. With his dying breath, Bopsy looked up the fire chief and said, Chief, am I really a fireman now? Bopsy, you are, the chief said. With those words, Bopsy smiled and closed his eyes for one last time. You know, every time I hear that story, I'm reminded that there's a little Bopsy inside of each of us, a little kid that lives inside that has the same kind of dreams that Bopsy has. And I think it's a crime that sometimes we wait until we're terminally ill before we have the courage to go for it. So often we have foundations like the Make-A-Wish Foundation who will help a terminally ill child have their dream come true. And yet in the day-to-day -day life of children who are healthy, we don't take that same time to make sure that their dreams come true. So as you listen to these tapes, we hope that you'll have the courage to do whatever it takes to make your dreams come true and to support those around you to make their dreams come true as well. Puppies for Sale by Dan Clark A store owner was tacking a sign above his door that read, Puppies for Sale. Signs like that have a way of attracting small children, and sure enough, a little boy appeared under the store owner's sign. How much are you going to sell the puppies for, he asked. 